The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Follow host Sarah Main on her ongoing journey of conscious confidence and gain timeless wisdom to unleash unparalleled confidence. A conscious confidence. Learn to ignite the living spark of wisdom, a new narrative for fulfillment contained in Sanskrit and the ancient, powerful, engaging, and fun conscious conversations to discover your own magnificent true self. Learn to dispel the fear shadow as Sarah provides essential knowledge about embracing change and the power of transformation. Get ready. Conscious Confidence starts now. Welcome, everyone. Welcome along. Welcome to Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom. And I'm Sarah Main, creator of Conscious Confidence, a timeless wisdom. And today, in today's show, I have a special guest, Gilbert Main. And get, yes, Gilbert is my husband. So welcome along, Gilbert, and thanks for coming along and giving your time up again. Hi there. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and Gilbert is an expert on a particular, he's an expert on many topics, but he's an expert on a particular topic, the seven steps. And Gilbert wrote a whole book on it, is the book. And I, a chapter in my book, which has just been launched on Amazon, uh, conscious confidence use the wisdom of Sanskrit to find clarity and success. In my book, I have a chapter on the seven steps, or I call them gateways to transformation, the seven gateways to transformation. Gilbert wrote a whole book on it, Seven Steps to Freedom. And Gilbert's book is available on Amazon too if you're interested. But in my book, I put in the seven steps to explain the process of change. Once you reach the point of choice and then change, that process of change can seem a bit random. And it can seem like you're going two steps forward and three steps back and one step forward and five steps back and then it can go off to the side and back on and you're not quite sure what's really happening. Well, the timeless wisdom, which is always the best place to start in my view and my experience, sets out the seven steps to transformation or the seven steps that take you from beginning to completion of anything really. And it is a process. And we started, we did a whole show on this before on the seven steps to freedom or the seven steps to transformation and how to walk these seven steps. So I thought it'd be good to do another deep dive into another aspect of the seven steps and see what comes out of it. And we're going to use the story from my, the chapter in my book as a jumping off point to further our conversation. And this story was actually written by Gilbert because I needed a story for the book. There isn't a story about the seven steps. And Gilbert said, I'll write one. And in about half an hour, he wrote one. And it is a brilliant story. It's a lovely story. So that's the background to what we're going to do. And it's great to have you along. We're going to deal more with the seven steps to freedom. And Gilbert's going to start. We're going to start by using the story. So, Gilbert, do you want to start by reading the first section? Thanks, Ari. Yes, I will. So we're going to read out each of the uh, seven gates that this uh, traveller comes to and then we'll have a little bit of a chat about each one. So this story is called The City of Seven Gates and starts this way. One day a man, wanting freedom, heard that he would find it in the City of Seven Gates. He set out on the road 
looking for that wonderful city. After searching for a long time, he came to a fertile valley. In that valley was a beautiful city surrounded by seven walls, each pierced by a single gate. He had found the city of seven gates. At the first gate, he asked, what must I do to pass through this gate? You have already fulfilled the first task, said the gatekeeper. You have been told of the city of seven gates. You set out to find it. Arriving here is the test of the first gate. The seeker passed through the first gate into the city. Thank you. So that's the first section of the story. And it's, um, there's a lot in that, actually, because the first step in the seven steps in Sanskrit is shubhecha, which means good impulse, and it's a sense of an inspiration. And what struck me about this is there's a distinct point where there's a new energy or an inspiration that arises, and then there's a decision, and I think the decision is something to just give some attention to. Yeah. Um, because he decided to find that city, he made a decision. So the inspiration can come, but then there's a point of decision, and that is the turning point. Yeah, it's a, it's a double-barreled event. It's two, two things happen. One, you hear something and you're inspired by it, but you then there's something you've got to do, and you've basically got to nod in agreement. You've got to sort of, there's something sort of connect inside you. There's so much good stuff out there. There's so many people trying to help and there are so many people who just keep walking along and, and ignoring what's happening. So what you really need to do is, is listen to the inspiration and then nod in acceptance of it. So Shubha's cha, Shubha is the good, each cha is the willingness to follow the direction and in the story the fellow actually does follow the direction. He, he, hears of the, he wants to be free, he hears of the city and he makes the journey to find it. So that's his, um, it's the aha moment. It's the first day of creation, let there be light. And then in that uh, first day of creation, the, um, it isn't just a matter of light, it's also a matter of darkness. Uh, those of you who remember the uh, seven, seven days in Genesis, God says, let there be light. But then the next thing he does, he divides the light from the darkness. In other words, where that man was, why did he want to be free? What did he want to be free of? What were the burdens that he was carrying around? When he heard of the city of seven gates, he divided the light from the darkness and basically left the darkness behind and moved away from it towards a way of going free. So from that, so there's a lot of elements in that and I've described, there's a beautiful quote about the nature of inspiration that's by a, um, the author of the Yoga Sutras, Patanjali. Um, and if you practice yoga, you may have heard of Patanjali. Um, and the dates are uncertain about Patanjali, but it's somewhere between the 2nd and 4th centuries AD. And Patanjali describes the nature of inspiration and he says, when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. Your mind transcends limitations. Your consciousness expands in every direction and you find yourself in a new, great and wonderful world. Dormant forces, faculties and talents become alive and you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. 
And I, I love that quote because it seems to describe the entire experience of being inspired by some new thing. But And then there's that point of decision, which is the point of departure from what you've been previously doing and it sets your direction. So let's go on to the second step, which in Sanskrit is suicharana. Suicharana. So the first step is the inspiration and the second step is now application. Suicharana. Let's go. Okay. So he's gone through the first gate. Beside the second gate was a school teacher. Kind sir, the seeker asked, how may I pass through the second gate? Without a word, the teacher pointed to a few loose piles of rubbish, some pots and pans, and an old rug. Next to each were cleaning materials. There were others already at work. The seeker felt irritated. He wanted freedom and enlightenment and he was being asked to perform menial tasks. One of the others already working noticed the seeker and with a friendly wave summoned him to join the group. With this encouragement, the seeker was able to put his annoyance aside. He began to clean, at first half-heartedly, but by the time he had finished, his resistance had dropped away. He was enjoying the camaraderie of his fellow workers. He felt a sense of satisfaction and he was ready to do more. He turned to the teacher who was smiling at him. The second gate had swung open unnoticed and the teacher was beckoning him and several others to pass through. Beautiful. So characteristics of the second gate, sort of application. The second gate is where you have to do some work. You've now, you've, you've heard the inspiration, you've got the energy to move forward, you've nodded yes, you've You've decided that's where you want to be. You've, you've been told about something wonderful and you want that wonderful thing. And now you've got to do a little bit of work. Now you really do have to start um, addressing those habits that would drag you back to your previous limited uh, life, life uh, surrounded by perhaps fears and jealousies and angers. Now you need to start uh, putting in some application. This is the sweat phase, suicharana. It means true inquiry, and true inquiry isn't just hitting the books. True inquiry is, is reading the instructions and then getting out the screwdriver and the ruler and whatever else it needs to put that desk together. There's no point in, in going and buying the instructions only and being inspired to have a, a beautiful piece of furniture if you're not going to get down on the floor, set out the pieces <laughs> and follow the instructions and put it together. At the end of Suicharana, you should have a chair or a desk. Um, if you don't, you haven't done Suicharana. And on the spiritual journey, it means that you're, you're not quite so angry, you're not quite so jealous, you're not quite so fearful. You've started looking at that um, sharp tongue, that, that quick comment, that, that habit that, that, was, um, that annoyed you more possibly than annoyed anyone else. And so Suicharana is, is, the, uh, is the part where you actually do some work. In fact, on the seven steps, it's sort of the main area of real work because if you work properly at Suicharana, the other steps tend to start looking after themselves. So it's that area of application. Mm. So from decision and the impulse, the something shows you a greater or a new way forward, there's a desire, make a decision, and then you inquire, you find out, you get new knowledge. So I think it's important. You do need the new yeah. knowledge. You need to ask questions and get the new knowledge. Yeah. And then from there, apply, actually apply indirect experience. 
Um, and that's where the transformation starts to happen, where the rubber meets the road, basically. Yeah. And you need guidance and you need discipline. Hence the uh, seeker is under the guidance. He's doing work. He's he's working with others. You need good company. Good company is a whole other topic Yeah, we could discuss. So, um, Satsanga. Satsanga. Yes. Yeah. You know, the good company of others who are also on the journey, those yeah. before you, those who are coming after. Yeah. That's good company. Yeah. So we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to uh, look at the next step, which is Tamamanasa, the third step in the seven steps. Um, and that will complete this first phase. So after the break, we're going to look at Tamamanasa, the third step. We'll be back soon. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Sanskrit is not just a language to be written and spoken, but it is a doorway to gaining understanding of how we experience life and truth. Conscious Confidence is a book written by Sanskrit scholar Sarah Main. The stories Sarah shares will take you on a journey of understanding how the power of this ancient language is not only still relevant, but can truly transform your everyday life. Drawing upon the deeper meanings behind the Sanskrit words for confidence, Sarah Main outlines principles for harnessing the fourfold energy of conscious confidence. Focusing, uniting, simplifying, and energizing. Not just a book, a life guide. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Inner Traditions. You can find all of those links on ConsciousConfidence.com. Your money is your creational energy. When you feed your wealth back into what you love, it signals your choices and returns to you. Tune in to Money Momentum with host Karen Baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash in your pocket. Realign the things you can't see to get the results you can see. Listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are. For more information on Karen and Money Momentum, visit soulwhispers.uk. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Conscious Confidence Radio. I'm Sarah Main, and my special guest is Gilbert Main. He's my husband and author of Seven Steps to Freedom. And today we're doing a deep dive into the seven steps. We did a whole show on it before together, and I thought we'd take it further and uh, explore in a bit more detail and use the story that Gilbert wrote, use the story in my book, Conscious Confidence, use the wisdom of Sanskrit to find clarity and success. 
um, we'd used the story that Gilbert wrote for me as a, as a jumping off point to go into the characteristics of the seven steps a bit more because there's so much in them and they explain so much and lay out the whole process of transformation. When I say transformation, it can be at the most um, spiritual, if you like, or speaking about the transformation of consciousness within an individual. So from the transformation from the individual to the universal at that level, or it can describe the process of, say, um, deciding to build a chair or bake a cake or make anything. It describes that whole action from the idea appearing and the decision to do it right through to the completion, hmm. including the two possibilities where the process can get waylaid. Yeah, that's true. Because there are those two elements to it as well. So it's all laid out. The timeless wisdom has everything. Um, and that's my thing is to bring timeless wisdom to people um, in everyday life and show that the timeless wisdom, it, people call it ancient wisdom, and, and it is ancient in that way, but it's also timeless because it's relevant to all time. It's universal knowledge, so it's always relevant and always applicable. Um, and it's what I was taught, it's what Gilbert was taught, and we've always found that it never puts you wrong. Hmm. It's always true. So we're on to the third step. So we had Shubhecha, which is good impulse, and then we had Suicharana, uh, which is the true inquiry or application. So we've had the inspiration, the idea and the decision, and then application of new knowledge, inquiry, new knowledge, more inquiry, new knowledge is where the rubber hits the road. And then we get the third step, Tanamanasa. So let's see what the story says. Sure, Tanamanasa, clarity of mind. At the third gate was a man with a sharp sword strapped to his waist. Tell me, I pray, the seeker said, bowing low, what must I do to pass through the third gate? The gatekeeper told him a story. The grandmother of two starving children stole bread to feed them. The punishment for stealing is 10 copper coins or jail. The baker she stole from is also poor and his family depends on him selling his bread. The baker insists that the sentence be carried out as a warning to future thieves. To pass through the third gate, you must render judgment in this case. The seeker was perplexed. Should he be merciful and therefore flout the law and ruin the baker? Or should he deliver justice and punish a desperate grandmother? When we were discussing this, we said we would stop here and let the uh, audience <laughs> have a think about that for a while because it's a very, this isn't, this isn't an easy one. No. This is a story I heard from our, our minister. And um, I thought this is a really good story and the solution is uh, very good and indicates that clarity of mind which shows a, um, shows a clear path forward. So I'll read on. The seeker pondered this for some time. His mind grew tired as he tried to figure a solution to this puzzle. Then he relaxed and stopped thinking and his mind cleared. He saw the situation from another perspective. He understood that the gatekeeper's sword was two-edged and stood for reason and love combined into one powerful force. 
the solution appeared before his very eyes. Here is my judgment, he said, reaching into his own purse. The fine must be paid. So here I make a gift of 10 copper coins to the grandmother to pay the fine. I also decree that every person who knew the grandchildren were starving but did nothing must pay a fine of half a copper coin to the grandmother so she can in future pay the baker for her bread. The gatekeeper nodded. It is the joining of head and heart of reason and love that opens the third gate. The seeker passed through the third gate. Yeah. <laughs> That is amazing. I, I mean, I must say, when I first heard that uh, part of the story, when I first read it, I thought, wow, okay. Yeah. You know, I may have come to that, not sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm glad someone else told us the answer. <laughs> so it's, it, now we're at an, another phase. The application is happening, but out of that is emerging this next step, which is this Tanumanasa which is assimilation. So there's been application and now assimilation. Mm. And it's showing itself in a clarity of mind. Mm. Things are thinning. And that's what Tanamanasa means. It means attenuation of the mind, the thinning of the mind. Do you want to say more? Yeah. There's, um, one of the things I did do in my book, I had a revelation while I was meditating and um, while I was thinking about seven steps, I suppose I should have been more thinking about the mantra. But anyway, the... Um, the days of creation popped into my head when I was writing this book on the seven steps. And I was very struck by how the aha moments, the inspiration to, to follow the first at the first step, pretty similar to God saying, let there be light and dividing the light from the darkness. In the, on the second day, there's more division. The, the water's above the firmament and the water's below. And water often symbolises love because of its binding, its yielding characteristics. So you have a higher love, which is for inspiration, for courage, for um, revelation. And you have a lower love, which is for your habits, for your normal daily uh, things that bind you to the world. And they're divided by space. The firmament is, represents space. So now the, the two parts to you are more clear. Now that's at the second step. And there's work to be done there because water is also turbulent. It's moving. It's not stable. You have to, you have to work. But on the third day, which is where we are at now, dry land appears and you have a firm place to stand. Our, our seeker had um, obviously done some work at level two and so he was clear enough in his own mind where he could actually reflect on the question put to him by the gatekeeper and he could come up with a creative, interesting solution. So and on that third day in, in the Bible, in the, on the days of creation, what... Uh, happens on that dry land is it, uh, it produces grass, it produces herb-yielding seed, and it produces fruit trees. So you've now got the fruits of your labours. You've been working hard at level two, and the grass is comfortable to walk on, but it doesn't. it's not good for nourishment. You can't eat it. Uh, herb-yielding seed is like wheat and barley and rye and oats. They, it, it's, it's nourishing, but you've still got to do work. You've got to grind the grain. You've got to make it into flour. You've got to bake the bread. But the third thing that's produced at that day is also fruit, where you just reach out and pluck it, it's ready to eat, there's nothing more to be done. And this is the level you're at, at Tanumanasa, as the mind begins to clear 
and that uh, reason, creativity, love, all begin to show themselves much more strongly. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's such an interesting process, mm -hmm. you know, from step one, the inspiration and the decision, the good impulse from Hechcha, and then the Suvicharana, the application, so inspiration and the application and the inquiry. And then the assimilation, it's beginning to, there's a strength there, an emerging strength, a clarity of mind, a focusing, hence this thinning of the mind, the tanamanasa, the attenuation of the mind. Um, and that's within, I'm sure, anyone who's taken on a project, mm. even if you decide to um, become a good swimmer, you may not even aim for the Olympics, but you just want to learn to be a good swimmer and train and get fitter, you start with that inspiration. That idea, I, I want to get fit, I want to move from where I am, my current level of fitness, and then you've got to usually find some coach or someone to help you. Mm. If you're really serious, you'll get, you'll get someone to help you. Um, and then you've got to get up and go to the pool and train and you've got to get all the equipment and you get tired and, but you keep going and you eventually start improving and, you, you know, it may take, weeks or a couple of months or something and then you'll actually notice there'll be a certain point where you are starting to get fitter, get better at it, you've assimilated some of the, the coach training um, and things are improving. So those first three steps are entirely recognisable within our own ordinary experience and yet they also relate to the transformation and evolution of consciousness within the so-called individual mm. um, but this is the process um, and the seven steps lay it all out so beautifully and so clearly mm. um, but this story is is a good example it's a great story boy. <laughs> and i still don't know that i would have come up with that answer no, no, to I'm the, that I'm here. Mm. Um, so after the break we're going to take a short break soon and after the break, we're going to come back to the fourth stage, which is Satwapati, which is now an emerging platform of strength, if you like. Um, and I call that illumination in um, my book. You, um, so we start with inspiration, then uh, application, assimilation, and then a level of illumination. Um, and this is, again, entirely recognisable with a, a level of strength. There's a trick with the first three steps is that unless we keep at them, um, our old habits can reassert themselves because they've got a little bit of strength about them just mm. from, you know, their habits. We've, they've had a bit of energy around them. And they can reassert themselves and we can fall back into old habits. We can go back to our old state. Mm. So we have to keep at it. And that's for, hence the need for good company. We need to be constantly re uh refreshing our inspiration and being in good company, which helps refresh and re-inspire ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then once we reach uh, Satwapati, there is a certain strength below which we won't fall. Um, but, and we need to keep at, keep at it until we do reach that strength. So we'll see you soon and we'll talk about the fourth step. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Sanskrit is not just a language to be written and spoken, but it is a doorway to gaining understanding of how we experience life and truth. Conscious Confidence is a book written by Sanskrit scholar Sarah Main. 
The stories Sarah shares will take you on a journey of understanding how the power of this ancient language is not only still relevant, but can truly transform your everyday life. Drawing upon the deeper meanings behind the Sanskrit words for confidence, Sarah Main outlines principles for harnessing the fourfold energy of conscious confidence. Focusing, uniting, simplifying, and energizing. Not just a book, a life guide. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Inner Traditions. You can find all of those links on ConsciousConfidence.com. Your favorite Transformation Talk radio shows are now on Spotify. What? Simply search out your favorite host or show by name, tap the subscribe button, and boom! With over 150 million active monthly users on Spotify, Transformation Talk Radio is thrilled to expand our reach so you never have to miss an episode. Well, what the heck are you waiting for? Log into Spotify and subscribe now. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at tracylclark.com. Hi, this is Kimberly Carlson, and I would love for you to tune in to All In Healing Radio, where together we will begin to experience health, happiness, and harmony in all areas and aspects of life. Join us every first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. on TransformationTalkRadio.com. All In Healing will help you release layers of negative beliefs and energies for radiant health, deep joy, and greater abundance. Visit me at KimberlyCarlson.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Conscious Confidence Radio. I'm Sarah Main, and this is my special guest, Gilbert Main. Hello, Gilbert. Hi. <laughs> um, we've been continuing on the theme um, from our previous show on the seven steps to freedom, and Gilbert wrote a whole book on it. And I've got a chapter in my book on it, and Gilbert wrote me a story for my book because there isn't really a, a story that I could find, a traditional story, um, about the seven steps. And Gilbert being a master storyteller and writer, he wrote me this beautiful story and we've been reading it. He's been reading it out section by section and we're using it as a jumping off point to then talk in a bit more detail about the seven steps, the characteristics of them. So, and these are the seven steps as outlined in the Yoga Vasishta. Mm. So, Let's have, now we're up to the fourth step. So we dealt with the first step, inspiration or Shukhecha, the second step, application, Suvicharana, where we get new knowledge and we apply and do some work. And then the third step, Tanumanasa, which is the assimilation, the thinning of the mind, the attenuation of the mind, getting more discipline, there's a clarity of mind. And these first, first three steps, we need to keep at them, we need company, we need to refresh our inspiration and our direction. Um, it's not a set and forget by any means. And uh, if, when, if we don't commit to this and, uh, and, and are really serious about this, then we can easily just fall back. And this is the old New Year's resolutions that 
don't have any teeth or strength to them and, and by you know, January the 10th, we're back eating the food we decide we weren't going to eat or we've stopped going to the gym or, you know, we get to February and we said, right, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and now it's twice and then it's once and then by March we're not going to the gym again. It's not like that. We need to keep focused um, and we need the support, the company, the re-inspiration so that we do keep going and we don't let the habits fall back. And that's where the transformation really starts happening. So we're up to um, the fourth step, which is Satwapati. And just on that keeping going, there is a, almost like a barrier that you need to cross or a gap, steps one, two and three. And there's a sort of a testing ground where you need to really continue on. Continuation is the challenge at this point. Mm. Otherwise, the habits can reassert themselves and you can just fall back. And it's like crossing over a bridge or an interval, a gap, and that's done through determination and continuation, perseverance, persistence. Mm. And you need to strengthen your muscles there before that. And even if you were building a chair, for mm. example, you've gone from the design to um, you've got a concept, you, I'm going to, that's my inspiration, I'm going to build a chair. You go and research. Then the second step is you're researching mm. uh, styles and how to do it. And you may consult people. You've got to get the materials. You've got the instructions and actually start building the chair and you're making mistakes and you're fixing them up, but you're getting better and the chair is being built. Third step, you've got an emerging chair, haven't you? Yeah. But it's not complete, okay? It's yeah. resembling a chair, but it's not complete by yeah. any means. It's you're not getting there. You're getting there, but it's not actually a really useful chair yet. Mm. It's looking like a chair, but someone couldn't sit on it yet. And then... If you don't continue on with the process and take the next steps that are coming, you'll never end up with a chair. It's just going to be one of those unfinished projects that goes to the back of the workshop. Mm. So it's that continuation and that's the same with the evolution of consciousness, the transformation of consciousness. So on to the fourth step now, which is illumination or sattva pati. Right. Okay. So this is the fourth gate. Uh, he's passed through the third gate. <clears throat> the seeker felt his confidence growing. With each step, his fears and doubts faded away. Temptations to return to his old habits and leave his quest no longer had any power over him. When the seeker arrived at the fourth gate, he saw that it stood open already. Instead of a single gatekeeper, there were men and women with their heads cocked as if listening to sounds coming from the inner city. They wrote down what they heard, the me and messengers took those notes to the outer city. What goes on here, the seeker asked. Listen, said one of the scribes, who turned his head as if listening to a sound carried on the breeze. Can you hear it? Listen with your heart. The seeker fell silent and listened. After a few moments, he began to hear a wonderful sound like music, full of peace and insight and truth. The scribe smiled and nodded and gave the seeker paper and pen. Translate what you have heard into the language of the outer city. The seeker sat next to the other scribes and he listened and wrote. He spent many happy days translating what he heard 
coming from the inner city into art, poetry and laws for those in the outer city who wished to live a just and happy life. As time passed, his hearing refined. A pathway opened within him until he no longer needed to listen with his ears. He began to hear the music coming from his own heart. One day, he knew it was time to go. He handed his pen to another seeker who had just arrived from the third gate. Then he turned and passed through the fourth gate. Beautiful. Hmm. So you notice that the, the nature of the fourth step, as it were, slightly different from the first three steps mm. and that persistence that's required. There is definitely a strength and a determination and a focus. The, with the assimilation, there's a certain level of effort that falls away and mm. like with the example of improving in swimming, you want to become really good at swimming and get fit. The first, you know, the, however long it takes in getting the coach and, and training and all that and you're getting stronger and better at it but there is definitely an effort in there mm. and it's a necessary effort and you need the help you need the guidance you need the support and so on and so forth otherwise the habits can reassert themselves and you can fall back and you keep going and then there's a certain point where that effort does fall away mm. there is an effort at another level do you want to talk about that? Because now that it does shift, and that's why this level of illumination, and this is just level four, yeah. um, seems like, oh, I've made it. And that is true. To a level, yes. And I would also equate that with conscious confidence, certainly yeah. first level conscious confidence, yeah. where there's not that, you're not being moved around by external forces or internal habits. There's a mm. steadiness there, there's a strength. Can we talk about that? Yeah, level four, there's a level of fear. The level of insecurity is falling away really very much and in fact it has fallen away those sort of more superficial habits and things that held you back they're, they're not one of the analogies i use in my book is if you're presented if you were um, presented with a, um, a meal uh, food steaming hot beautifully cooked beautifully prepared smells wonderful but you know you actually saw it happen that the chef uh, mixed in um, a deadly poison with the food, you wouldn't eat it. You wouldn't um, even, you wouldn't be tempted to eat it. You wouldn't think, oh, I'll look at that and maybe I'll just have a mouthful. Of course you wouldn't, it's got poison in it. That's the way you see your previous habits. They were attractive, they smelled nice, they were beautifully prepared, but there's poison in them now. And you realize that poison is not anything that anyone else is doing. It drags you back to a life that you just, you, you've now, you've, you've made the effort to leave it. You don't want to go back. So now you've left those habits behind. And um, as we've often um, demonstrated, the effort that um, is required in steps one and two and three is a sort of a, this sort of effort, whereas the effort required from level four onward is that sort of effort. It's the effort of unclenching the letting fist go. and letting go and just letting, letting the hand. And it's not actually that. It's more just a gentle letting go. It has a time that it is required. You, sometimes you can't really hurry these things. You need to just stick at it until the habits themselves begin to give way under the light of consciousness. And again, following our um, analogy with the days of creation, um, the fourth day is the day when God creates the greater light, the lesser light and the stars. And these are for signs and for measurements and for days and to light the earth. 
this is where light begins to appear in the uh, on the fourth day of creation, and that light is uh, it illuminates you, but it illuminates everyone everyone else, and you're all beginning to become part of that light. Hence the uh, aspect of the story where the seeker is at the gate and he's listening to higher, the messages coming from the higher levels and he's translating it so that people at the lower levels can also benefit and it's translated into the language of the outer city, it's the analogy for the lower levels. And this is where the, the true artist, the true painter, the true poet, the architect, the lawgiver, this is where they reside. They hear these promptings from the inner circle, um, from the wise, from the wise teachers of mankind, from men and women who have attained higher levels of consciousness, and they translate them into a language that can be understood by people who may never have heard of these wise teachers, but who live by their laws, who read their poetry, who see their films, and who look at their paintings. That's level four. It's a, it's a it is a shift. It's a pivotal point. And you can't say right after three months of it, level four, it, it emerges. And you just, that's why you have to keep on with levels one, two, and three, mm. keep persisting. And then you just find yourself, oh, these efforts have fallen away. And you don't need to put, and, and your concerns and fears, and, and there's a certain clarity. And in relation to the chair, you've actually basically, your chair is there. It may mm. not be fully sanded and polished and upholstered, but there is actually a chair now mm. that would support someone. Unfinished, but it is actually now a chair um, at, at a level. Um, mm. And that's an achievement if you want to put it in those terms in itself. Same with the swimming. You may not be an Olympic swimmer, but you are now a, good, a very good swimmer and you're not going to fall back from that. You're just a good swimmer and you're fit. Um, so we're going to take a short break and then after that we're going to finish off levels five, six and seven. We don't want to spend too long on that because it can get very conceptual and, um, and we'll talk a bit about our book. So we'll see you soon. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Sanskrit is not just a language to be written and spoken, but it is a doorway to gaining understanding of how we experience life and truth. Conscious Confidence is a book written by Sanskrit scholar Sarah Main. The stories Sarah shares will take you on a journey of understanding how the power of this ancient language is not only still relevant, but can truly transform your everyday life. Drawing upon the deeper meanings behind the Sanskrit words for confidence, Sarah Main outlines principles for harnessing the fourfold energy of conscious confidence. Focusing, uniting, simplifying, and energizing. Not just a book, a life guide. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Inner Traditions. You can find all of those links on ConsciousConfidence.com. Your favorite Transformation Talk radio shows are now on Spotify. What? Simply search out your favorite host or show by name, tap the subscribe button, and boom! With over 150 million active monthly users on Spotify, Transformation Talk Radio is thrilled to expand our reach so you never have to miss an episode. Well, what the heck are you waiting for? Log into Spotify and subscribe now. 
Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at tracylclark.com. Hi, this is Kimberly Carlson, and I would love for you to tune in to All In Healing Radio, where together we will begin to experience health, happiness, and harmony in all areas and aspects of life. Join us every first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. on TransformationTalkRadio.com. All In Healing will help you release layers of negative beliefs and energies for radiant health, deep joy, and greater abundance. Visit me at KimberlyCarlson.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Conscious Confidence Radio. And today we're looking a bit further. We're doing a deep dive into the seven steps. And my guest, Maine, where is we're using Gilbert's beautiful story that's in my book um, as a jumping-off point to looking further into the seven steps. So we're up to step five now, uh, which is Padarata Bahawani. Mm. Padarata Bahawani is the Sanskrit, and this is an element. Asang Sakti. Uh, sorry, Asang Sakti. I beg your pardon. So after Satwapati, I knew that was right. Asang Sakti. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's an element of penetration now. This is going further. So in the chair analogy, um, we've got the idea, we've, we've had the idea, we'll build a chair, we've had to find out how to do that, get the materials, ask questions. Um, we may have looked something up on the internet or we've gone to a carpentry mm. um, course at night or we've done something, right? We've had to learn, ask questions and start applying what we've learnt, get the materials and start actually making the chair. If we're going to make the chair, we've got to actually get the materials. No point in meditating about it. We're going to make it, right? And we're going to make mistakes. Fine, we'll ask more questions, go back. This didn't work. What can I do? Figure it out. And then the third step is we've actually got the emerging elements of our chair. Can't sit on it yet, but it's definitely getting there and we're getting more knowledge. We've as they say in, in educational circles, fail quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've made a lot of mistakes, but we've kept going. And the persistence is paying off because we've now reached a point with the fourth stage where we've actually got a chair. It may not be sanded and upholstered yet and polished, but it is actually a chair. It's a functioning chair. It's not going to fall down. So we have succeeded to a level. But now you could leave it at that. You've got a chair. But if you want the full beauty of the original concept, mm. um, the complete transformation of your idea into manifestation, then you need to persist. But it's a different effort now. It's not all that hard grunt of getting materials and making mistakes and all that sort of thing. There is a focus now. And the effort required, particularly in the transformation of consciousness from the individual to the universal, at Asang Sakti, the effort we spoke about is going from that, which is a much more firm, forceful effort, to that letting go. And that happens quite naturally. Mm. There's an openness now and a yielding and a following. Um, and do you want to read about the fifth step? Okay. At the fifth gate, the seeker found an empty chair. He sat in the chair. Passers-by nodded and smiled at him. He watched people going about their business. 
Trees bent in the breeze, leaves fell softly to the ground. The seeker sat quietly and watched all of this. Then a cover gently fell from his heart. Love poured out of him. He saw each woman as his sister, his daughter, his mother. Each man was his father, his brother, his son. All the children were his children. Everyone was part of one great family, his family. He sat for some time in that simple chair next to the wooden gate, swimming in an ocean of love. When the time was right, the seeker arose from his chair and walked through the fifth gate. So that's beautiful. It's that penetration, um, detachment, invulnerable and unmoved, and there's a deepening of the transformation. Mm. Um, and it happens quite naturally. Yeah. And everything's basically bound by love. Yeah. It's, it's, you see everything separately, yes, you still see yourself as separate, but at the same time there's a, a unifying factor. And that love isn't just a squishy, sort of mushy thing. It's, it's, it can lead to courage and, and strength and, and even sort of a righteous anger and, the, and an implementation of justice, but at the same time everything's done through love. If you correct a child, your own child, uh, with, with love, then the correction sticks. If you are not full of love when that happens, then they just get the anger. So the love is really important at that stage. Okay, and then we're going to the sixth step, which is Padarta Bahamani. Is that right? right. Yeah, that's right. Padarta Bahamani. So that's a dissolution. That's right. This is when differences begin to really fall off. Next to the sixth gate was a ladder. The seeker climbed the ladder and reached a platform. On it stood a woman. On her finger sat a songbird, trilling its greeting to the morning sun. The seeker looked around. He saw the woman the bird, the rising sun, the city, everything shining in a golden light. Then he saw the light shining off everything as a single light. He felt the beauty of everything as a single beauty. Understanding flooded into his heart as a single wisdom. Everything he looked at, everything he heard, everything he felt was one. The woman smiled at him. He climbed down the ladder and walked to the sixth gate. He stood and waited. At this gate, there was nothing to do, no act to perform, nothing to say. How long did he stand there? A moment, an eternity. Was it important? Not to him. Between one moment and the next, the sixth gate opened and the seeker felt the invitation to walk through. That's where the separation is dissolving. No differences, dissolution. Mm. So that's Padarita Bahalani. And then reading on, let's finish okay. it off now with Turiya, the completion. When he approached the seventh gate, he began to laugh. The seventh gate was a polished brass mirror. Etched into the mirror were the words, Behold the gatekeeper. All the seeker could see was himself. He bowed to his own reflection and stepped into the seventh gate. So that's the completion um, from universal to the uh, from the individual to the universal to realize just this complete merging. And that is said to be by invitation, there's just a waiting and it doesn't matter. And then there's just a merging. And 
going back to the example of the chair, you've got the functioning chair, then you start sanding it and polishing it and and then upholstering the seat or doing whatever you want to do for the seat. And it's, it's going right to the end so that you have that beautiful chair, which is the manifestation of your original concept. Um, mm. And that's just at a normal level. Or the swimming, you keep going until eventually you can become a coach yourself, you know, and you know from the inside and you almost can't remember what it was like not to be um, a superb swimmer and mm. to be fit. So, and that is the transformation. <clears throat> and the seven steps lay that all out from mm. inspiration through application, assimilation, illumination, penetration, dissolution and completion. So <clears throat> it's all laid out. So thank you for reading that story out, Gilbert. Mm, no problem. Thank you. Um, and if you'd like to know more about the seven steps to freedom, Gilbert's book is here. Um, it's available on Amazon, Seven Steps to Freedom. <clears throat> And he's got lots of stories and exercises, and you can just go and purchase the book, get the ebook version. It's all on Amazon. And my book, uh, Conscious Confidence: Use the Wisdom of Sanskrit to Find Clarity and Success. That's out now, and it's available on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, and there's an ebook and physical book, as you can see, mm -hmm. and there is an audio book coming as well, because there are lots of exercises and practices. There's stories. Both being teachers, that's how we like to teach, is mm. with stories, examples, exercises, information, so that it's actually useful. And there can be some transformation because that's the whole idea. Um, so, And you can also find more about uh, Conscious Confidence. If you're interested in finding more about Conscious Confidence, go to my website, website consciousconfidence.com. That's consciousconfidence.com. And also you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Conscious Confidence Sarah May. And to finish off today's show, I've got a little bit of Sanskrit, which I normally finish each show with. And this goes, lead me from the unreal to the real. Lead me from darkness to light. Lead me from death to immortality. May peace and peace and peace be everywhere. Om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mrityorma Amritam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 So thank you, Gilbert. Thank you. Thank you, and everyone. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Conscious Confidence with Sarah Main. Join us next month on Transformation Talk Radio for more timeless wisdom with Sarah's exciting and innovative approach to living. Discover more joy, freedom, and step into your limitless potential. For more information on Sarah Main and her work, or to listen to past shows, visit sarahmain.com. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.